0: Onto the science fiction story number one. All spacefaring species use different methods for interstellar travel: magic, prayer, and even willpower. Humans were the only ones to impure and insane enough to use controlled explosions. Written by Crum J D. The hell is wrong with your ship. Non-human calm discipline isn't quite as good as the human equivalent. As I understand it, they've never had to deal with the crackling early radios that informed our procedures. Sure, on most worlds, when a communication spell was first developed, it was a domain of high priests and archmages. But it was clear. Still, I'd expected slightly better introduction to the local traffic control net, than half-panicked voice asking a question that made no sense. This is the Frontier Realm Control, all ship systems reporting normal. To whom am I speaking? I glanced down at my board after finishing speaking. The ship systems were reporting nominal by not activating the shrieking klaxons or flashing lights. But with a few pokes and the control in front of me, I was able to project a little hologram of the ship's status. Everything was outlined in a happy green. NOMINAL! "'I'm registering explosions at your aft end.' The speaker still didn't identify himself, and he sounded a little panicked. I reached out, grabbed the hologram and rotated it around to see the back of the ship, and then zoomed in until I was looking at a fairly low-level system. I wasn't as far down as I could go. The ship would happily report on the status of individual circuit boards and breakers, but it was surely low enough that I could see if anything that local space station could see.' Some of the components were haloed in a light green rather than a dark green, but they only meant that they were coming up for a service date. I drummed my fingers against the control board, mentally debating if I should launch a drone for an external view or if I should respond with everything's good second time. On the one hand, whoever I was talking to was probably looking at me from a freaking scrying mirror or shouting into a pointy hat or something. So, there was seriously no way that they'd have noticed something that the ship's sensors hadn't. On the other hand, I didn't want to end up in the textbooks as an example of why only a jackass would ignore panic warnings from the traffic control. Then the hologram changed. A tiny icon shaped like an idealized hydrogen atom extended out the back of the ship. A dozen lines have blanched out of it. At and a flare of fire blossomed out behind the ship pushing plate. Because I was paying attention, I felt the ship give a tiny little shudder as we accelerated very slightly. There it is! There it is again! I just saw a huge explosion behind your ship! Oh, uh, sorry. You're registering our drive system control. All systems are nominal and everything is under control. This at least seemed to calm the alien traffic controller operator down a tiny little bit. He, um assuming it was a male for the pitch of his voice, translation spells are nicer than the computerized equivalent. They tend to give speakers roughly the voice of the listener would expect given the nature of the speaker, even if the original speech was in the form of wild tentacle gesticulations and skin color changes via some alien squid thing. This voice was sort of nasal and high, but definitely male. He at least listened to me this time. You're telling me your ship is deliberately firing off a series of huge fireballs? Is that safe? Perfectly safe, Control. You're seeing a laser-triggered fusion pulses. They're as clean as mother's milk. That wasn't strictly true. Even laser-pump fusion makes a bit of tritium. But it's not very hot, and the half-life is short enough that even if some mutant atoms end up in the planet's upper atmosphere, they aren't going to hurt anyone. "'None of that translated,' the speaker's voice had become more nasal and somewhat accusatory, as though I had any control over what its spell could and could not translate. "'But if that's your drive, then don't come any closer. I need to talk to someone about this.' Then the line cut off. "'Control! Control! That's not how it works. The explosions are my brakes.' I didn't get any response. "'I should probably back up enough for a little context.' Mankind made contact with extraterrestrial life for the first time when Umar Halak's enormous crystalline spaceship floated out of the sky and set down in wild Alaska. There was a lot of turmoil in response to that, of course, but the strange part came when they told us why they were on Earth and how they gotten there. A pure faith had carried them through space faster than a beam of light, and they were here to tell humanity of our divine mission." We hadn't believed them on either count. Tracking their technology seemed easier than tackling the belief system. So we set about examining everything they were willing to show us with absolute certainty that it was a standard tech that they didn't understand and had thus reduced to superstition. Perhaps that ship had been built long before it had been piloted to Earth by the now fallen civilization. That was not it. Long story short, the Umahalak allowed us to examine their technology in a way we requested. They knew that what they would happen before we started. We found nothing capable of doing anything in it, and as soon as we looked closely at it, the tech stopped functioning. Next, the Umaralak explained how the ship had been built, and indeed they had built it themselves. The crystals that made up the, were grown over the course of three generations, nurtured by the prayers of their entire civilization. A holy order of monks was founded to slowly shape the crystals into livable spaces and a workable power focuses. and, when the end of construction was finally in sight, a dozen times as many traveler priests would normally be needed were taught the chains and hymns of the fast travel and the breathable air. Their very best of the group were selected to pilot the ship, and only with the extraordinary effort of are they able to land the ship on Earth, and then only by keeping it well away from most population. Then they explained humanity's divine mission. In the beginning, God created the universe, He created the races therein, and then He gave the ability to adjust the rules of reality so that they may not perish under the iron fists of physics. The races were of vastness grew proud. They called their powers magic and said that the wonders that they worked were wool of mind, rather than through faith. So, on a planet with more iron in its heart than any other, a race with cold iron in its very blood was born. To this race was given the special magic, a magic that enforced the rules to the creator. This race would humble the works of the magi and even test the faithful. This time, the god wasn't screwing around. We would assert the rules of reality whenever we examined something. Humans didn't get a choice in that. So, that was our mission, to survive and travel. Of course, most of our people thought it was a load of crap. There was even a contingent of people sufficiently contrary, or self-loathing, that said that we shouldn't travel to the galaxy. However, the general reaction was, that's a great big fantastic universe out there, and you're going to help us get to it. Well, praise the alien lord, and uh, pass the booster rockets. A new space race was on. It eventually produced three key technologies that gave mankind the stars. Laser filters, the Orion Drive, and the Orion Drive too. Laser filters were the simplest. If you focus a sufficiently powerful beam into a thruster, that's essentially nothing more than a dual black cup. Then all the air inside flashes to a plasma, and the cup is tossed upwards. Do that a few thousand times to the cup, and, well, anything is attached to, is in space, without the brutal constraints imposed by the device having its own fuel on it. All the research into lasers let us crack fusion. We were massively aided in this by having allies who could magically mine metallic hydrogen from the gas giants. We probably could have built Orion drives with fission devices, but it was an almost perfect drive with laser-pumped false fusion. The Orion 2 wasn't related to the Orion drive from the engineering standpoint, but... uh... The bridge radio clicked on again and brought me to a still nasal and slightly frustrated second voice of control. Okay, I talked to my boss, who talked to his boss who talked to the diplomatic officers. For some reason, I've got to let you do machine approach, so here you go. Park it on there and try not to blow up. Well, not any more than you already are. The hologram of the ship was replaced by a holographic representation of a parking orbit control wanted the frontier to take up. I thought, not for the first time, that the translation spells used by most races really were amazing. Control had probably put a voodoo doll in front of it to scale the model of the system, expecting the diagram to show up on my scrying ball or some such. But because of the translation spell, the information made it to me in the format that the ship's computer could interpret. that yet, because the spell was acting on the communication and not my reception, the human anti-magic field couldn't turn it off. There was a sharp crack of static, and the hologram in front of me shifted to a bunch of juvenile squid aliens playing a game that looked quite a lot like dodgeball. One of those allies, a small and awkward even in my human eyes, was getting the worst of it. Several other beings were putting and palting it mercilessly with balls, and each of them were using more than one tentacle at a time. Then that image started to fuzz up and break up. I quickly looked away from the hologram. Modern comms training included a fairly extensive section. on not thinking too hard about just how aliens who have never discovered radio are speaking to you. The human anti-magic field always gets a vote if you catch its attention. Let's see. The bastard over that control had stuck me in System L2 point. L2 is a way out past the moon and is gravitationally unstable. If I'd gotten normal parking lot orbit, I could have just shut off my ship engines and have taken a much-needed rack time. But, oh no. Because the control thought I was going to blow up, I was going to have to periodically correct the ship's position. On top of that, I suspected the Ryan Drive was too powerful for that to work. It would be like trying to make a golf putt with a sledgehammer, so I'd have to run the maneuver thrusters way more than they were really designed for. I looked back down at the hollow. It was back to being a display of Frontier's parking space. Parking orbit acknowledge Control, I said, through clenched teeth. There was a long silence, and I thought that Control had wandered off without telling me, or for a moment. Then the line went live again, and the Control spoke hesitantly. So, uh, why is your trip that important anyway? I ran my tongue across my teeth, wondering just how to answer that. We've been in the Von system. The Von were a race of mighty wizards of the sort that humanity was sent to humble and bring low. We'd been doing a great job of that. The Von had a lot of desire for human consumer goods. Our technology filled niches that their magic handled poorly, and anyone who could use it without training. Yet all we could buy from them was the raw materials. Their military was nearly useless against us because we shrugged off most of the potent death magic like it had never been cast. They could throw a rock at us or telekinetically fire an arrow, but that was only if they caught us off guard. So, a species of 100 planets to their name was having to normalize diplomatic relations with a single planet species as though we were total equals." I wasn't exactly shocked when the Vaughn leaders hadn't publicized this meeting well enough for Control to be ready for us. I also wasn't going to give away our secrets. Just some trade negotiations, I said. Control's only reply was to sigh so thick with annoyance that I actually started to feel for the guy. Embarrassing or not, the local traffic control facilities really should have been told that they were going to be dealing with a completely alien spaceship. No one ever thinks of the little guy." Again, I thought Control had signed off without announcing it, but he came back one last time. Okay, I gotta ask, you're using fireballs to push yourself around space, which is still nuts, but I learned back in school only one or two really special spells can move something faster than light. Pyromancy definitely doesn't do it. So how did you make the interstellar leg of your trip? The Orion 2 wasn't related to the Orion Drive from an engineering standpoint, but were philosophical and spiritual brothers. Humanity couldn't learn directly from the Umalok, but we could stand away, however, there with a particle detector, which they used miracles to torment space-time, and the Umalok just loved to do that for us because they basically saw it as helping angels learn God's will. Eventually, we learned to make a GEC, a gravity-emitting circuit, Because the electroweak force is so much more stronger than the gravitational force, it's possible to supercharge one of those until it has briefly become singularity. If you toss such an artificial black hole in front of a ship, the lace enough GSCs through the ship, the force gradient across it, so even so, you don't get spaghettified. You've got an FTL drive. Better yet, if you use a second artificial singularity inside the first, or a third in the second one, or a fourth in the third one, and so on, you can get really, really fast indeed. It annoys physicists and mathematicians because they can't even begin to describe where the ship is after this bit of frickery. But the tech tested is safe. At least, it's safe for human equipment and Earth life. It is not safe for the Umarok, We learned that one when the high priest took a historic first ride on one of the holy vessels. They started screaming, and they didn't stop until the faith healer wiped their memory. The whole memory. The high priest was left a little more than a mentally damaged infant and everyone agreed the cure was way better than the disease. The most sensible thing a priest said while they still had its memories was, They can see me. They can see me. They can see you, but you can't see them. They can touch me, but they can't touch you. You can't touch them. Save me. Save me. Save me. Will you save me? The official human explanation was that Umalak might have had some conscious connection to the normal universe that allows them to achieve the things that they can do. Taking them so far out of the normal universe causes a form of stress that damage their minds. The official Umalak explanation is that some sort of horrible thing is looking into our universe from the outside, and maybe they were wrong about just what humanity needs to do. Perhaps we weren't just supposed to annoy the wizards, Maybe we need to fly around the sky warp bands acting like a border gods for reality. Their church is in a bit of a state of flux. I just spent a month in those warp hands and the only danger I felt was boredom, so I don't know what to think. It is nice to imagine that my mind is upset big Brace down a spine of reality itself, but it's kind of far-fetched. What I do know is there is no way I was going to explain any of that to Control. I'd end up parking a lot in the neighboring star system. Or maybe he'll just let me go in for landing on the system some. Um, the force of will, I answered into the radio. Yeah, pure, pure force of will. Everyone on the ship just wants to go faster and light and really badly. And then we go faster than light. Oh, well, good. At least you've got some sensible FTL drive. Jeez, uh, you should just get that working in the system. Way better than those fireballs. Anyway, your approach vector is clear. Perform ascending if you need anything. Control out. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you're so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.